Welcome to the APM podcast. APM is the chartered body for the project profession. My name is Emma DeVita and I'm the editor of Project, APM's quarterly journal and your host. I've invited three project professionals who are here to talk about what it's like to be an introvert in a profession that, on the surface at least, appears to favour the extrovert. This situation leaves many introverts having to fake it and to suffer the consequences, so isn't it time things change? Here to share their experiences and offer their advice are Alex Constantine, a consultant at P-Cubed, Claire Hornsby, a project manager in strategic partnering programmes at BAE Systems, and Natalie Talbot, a manager for Alchemy, where she consults on digital transformation projects for public sector clients. Well, welcome everyone. Uh, first, by way of introduction, I think, would each of you mind uh, saying a little bit about your role and the kinds of projects you work on? So, um, Alex, do you want to go first? So I am a senior principal consultant for MIGSOP Cubed. Uh, we are a specialist project management consultancy. So we work with clients on portfolio programs and change and PMO gigs. My background is I, I'm not industry specific, so I've worked across most industries. So for example, I'm currently working with a client in the real estate uh, area. Uh, previously, I was working with a telecommunications client, uh, so very varied client based. Thank you. Um, Claire, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role? Yeah, so um, I'm Claire Hornsby. I am a project manager within the head office um, within BAE Systems. I've worked for BAE for 26 years um, and have been in project management probably about sort of 23, 24 of those. The, the role that I'm in currently is looking at improving project management processes and how we deliver, I guess, better outcomes specifically to our, our MOD customer. Um, but the intention is that the benefits are then felt across all projects to all customers. Thank you. Um, Natalie, welcome. Do you want to tell us a bit about your role and the projects you're working on? Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, I'm Natalie. I work with an SME consultancy firm called Alchemy at the moment. Uh, I am a manager and I've got a split role. So I work deployed on client contracts, doing project management and controls in digital transformation projects, mostly across the public sector at the moment. Um, and I also work in our bid factory. So I also manage um, and write proposals to win new work for the business. Um, so I've been in project management sort of officially for three and a half years now. Um, prior to that, I was accidentally project managing when I was, so I used to be a research scientist before switching things up and entering the P3M space. Um, so it turns out I was accidentally project managing my, my research throughout those four years. So unofficially seven years in project management, officially three and a half. We're all gathered here today to talk about um, being an introvert in the project profession. You, you all think of yourselves as introverts, but what does that actually mean in everyday working life? And, and what does it feel like to be an introvert in the project profession? So Alex, I'll ask you to be brave and go first. It's interesting because you come across 
uh, people quite frequently would, who perceive project managers to be the people that lead from the front, go out, you know, tell everyone what to do and get things going and get things moving. And, and um, I, I'm glad to say that, that there are not as many people like that around that uh, uh, anymore. Um, uh, because if that's the expectation, then that can be quite, quite intimidating because it doesn't come natural. So do you mean that you're expected to be this kind of gung-ho, extroverted leader? That's what it means. That's what people think it means. It, it, it does, to, yeah, because you are effect, a project manager is effectively a project leader. Right? They're the person who are expected to take something and create an outcome. And it comes with responsibility you know, and accountability very often to, to, to deliver uh, whatever the project is set out to deliver. Um, and I think if you have uh, people who are naturally extroverts, then they kind of often expect that that leadership position will be done by an extrovert person or in an extrovert way, which doesn't come naturally. It doesn't mean that, it, that, that I, I think, you know, I think every extrovert, uh, every introvert can be extrovert or have extrovert features, right? It doesn't mean that we are always quiet or always in the background or whatever it may mean to people. You know, it, it, it's, it's not a fixed state. It's just a pref natural preference. Yeah, what's your natural preference in the way you work? Well, my natural preference is I like working uh, as much as possible, you know, in smaller groups or one-to-one. -one. So take an individual approach with people, build consensus in that way and work with stakeholders in that way. And then bring larger groups together after that in order to, you know, align people uh, into a specific direction. Let's put it that way. Uh, whereas others may feel more comfortable just, you know, get everyone in the room and, you know, let's bash it out and, and find a way, right? Um, that, that, you know, I find uh, more difficult. And personally, I would probably, you know, making decisions off the cuff is not something that I naturally like doing. I, I prefer to step back, have a think about it, probably inform myself and then, and then do it that way. Okay, that's an interesting insight. Well how about you, Claire? What's it, what's it mean to be an introvert in your sort of everyday working life? And how do you prefer to work? I guess my initial thoughts are that I'm not sure that it feels any different to anybody else in that, you know, an, an extrovert can sometimes feel, you know, anxious or unsure. Um, and I guess as well, because I'm an introvert, I don't know how an extrovert necessarily feels. Um, I guess, Personally, I, I like to plan my weeks, but I, I like to mix and mix up those engagement days with the thinking days. So I, I make sure that I've got that balance through the week um, because effectively, you know, it's, it's how I get my energy. So I don't get my energy through presenting to a load of people. I get my energy through sitting, reflecting and then sort of coming up with a, a considered thought um, you know I, I guess sort of similar to, to what what Alex was saying um, if I've got a particularly busy week with you know lots of travel lots of engagements I need to make sure that I've then got the downtime to to be able to recharge I, I can't do you know sort of 
weeks and weeks away and then you know sort of getting home and then having to do stuff at home as well it doesn't stop me you know being able to to present or have big meetings or get a load of people in a room it just means that I need to prepare for it and I need to make sure that I've got enough in reserve to be able to do it and then enough downtime afterwards. How do you prefer to interact with a team then? It depends on on the team. So if it's, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate the team I work in at the moment, we're all introverts. Um, so we all know to be able to, to give each other space. But equally, when we get together, it's a really safe environment. Um, and, you know, we can we can have those discussions we can bounce off each other and it's you know it's really good being sort of face to face and in a team together um if it's it's then sort of wider wider team um and you know sort of other stakeholders i do prefer the sort of one-to-one you know similar to, to what alex was saying doing that individual engagement and then getting everybody together but as I said earlier, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of also happy if we just if the only op- only option is to get everybody in a room, then let's get everybody in a room. You know, because it, it's the outcome that's not uh, it's the outcome that is important, not necessarily the way it's done. And and Natalie, how about you? How's it? Well, what does it mean for you to be an introvert in um in your everyday working life? Yeah, so when I was thinking about this question before it's sort of encouraged me to reflect a lot. And actually I'm, I'm at a point now where I feel, I feel in control and I feel comfortable with the fact that I'm an introvert, but I had this realization actually early stages of my career, particularly when I was starting out as a grad, actually, I really, I didn't like that I was introverted. So especially when you can see that those around you are energized by doing a presentation or they're looking forward to hosting this, beast of a workshop that they're doing in that afternoon and actually I'm sat there thinking oh my god what have I done I can't think of anything worse how am I gonna how am I gonna survive this p3m world if I if you know I can't do a workshop and every five seconds I'm finding myself in a workshop at the moment um I think as time's gone on I've got more comfortable with the fact that actually I don't enjoy that so much and that's fine we're all different and I lean into what well it's two things really it's understanding what can i do to make that easier on myself and what bits do i enjoy that again i can lean into and as i've progressed i can sort of steer things more towards what i prefer so forcing those sort of more one-to-one relationships and being a bit more proactive and going and engaging somebody one-to-one instead of waiting until you're in a room full of people Um, being deliberate in how I use my energy and how I plan my time and how I maintain my social battery. Um, So in terms of how does it, what does this look like in everyday life? For me, it's drawing down on that reflective nature of being an introvert, but being a bit selfish with it and reflecting on how I'm doing and how my social battery is, how my energy is, and trying to understand what's in my control to tweak accordingly throughout the week to get me through it and to get all the important stuff done for my clients because ultimately client comes first I can't just bin off a workshop because my my client needs that I'm there to provide you know 
top class service and that's what I always endeavour to do so what are the things that I can control and can tweak to enable me to perform at my best. You started to talk a little bit about the problems that being an introvert could raise in uh, our work. Um, Alex if I could go back to you what problems has being an introvert raised for you uh, kind of personally um, and perhaps with with other members of your team or other, other stakeholders? The biggest issue I have, uh, which is which which annoys me, and I always feel really guilty about it, is if my workday depleted me to the amount where I then kind of don't really want to spend time with family, and I just want to like have a bit of time to myself, and that makes me feel really guilty. So the moment you know I come to a point where. You know, I I come home and I kind of go, I can't face this. That that that's a real big problem for me because, you know, the hours that I have with my kids and and with my wife are absolutely precious. Um. So one of the big things that I try to do is, uh, I try to not let it get to that point. For me, it's you know simple things like taking five to 10 minutes during the day, a few times just to go out, get a bit of fresh air, have a bit of a walk. If it's particularly stressful, breathing exercises or a bit of mindfulness, um, something like that. So it doesn't need to be major things. So it's really about creating that space to be on your own and to reflect and just relax. Yeah, reflect and recharge, I think is, is the right word because I, I think, you know, we use the word depleted a few times you know, already in, in, in this session. And, and I, th I think that that really kind of, uh, you know, re really resonates with me as well, is that there comes a point during the day where you are just depleted and you need to recharge. Do you mean depleted by social interaction? Yes. If I'm in meetings all day and, and you know, having to, you know, uh, talk and engage with groups of people and uh, probably fight my corner uh, on more than one occasion, uh, facilitate and, and, and um, there comes a point where, you know, the battery is just, you know, depleted. Uh, and the worst thing that it can happen for me is leaving it to the very end of the day so that there's no opportunity to recharge until I get home. And have you found working with other project managers, other team members who are not introverted or expect you to behave in an extroverted way? What's your experience of that? So I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that within, you know, the company that I work with, uh, they are extremely inclusive. Uh, so I have never had a problem in that respect here. Being a consultant or project management consultant, you know, I do face off to clients quite frequently and some of them and some people do come with that preconception of a project manager needs to be a certain way uh, and that does pose a challenge i i am happy to report though that most people are mostly interested in outcomes and it just takes a little while to uh, get them focused on yes we're achieving the outcome we are progressing we are getting to to deliver of what we're, we're delivering of what you expect um and they stop thinking about how they want to deliver it one of the things that another part of our business introduced is um 
uh, I started creating a slide, which is kind of the Alex in a nutshell slide, which is effectively, uh, you know, it, it, it effectively just has kind of three columns about, you know, uh, this is how I'm at my best. This is how I like to communicate and engage, engage with people. And, you know, these are a few important things about that you should know about me. What kinds of things have you got on there? It's effectively kind of a summary, like, for example, you know, I, I let people know that, you know, if I had a difficult meeting, you might find that I'm just going to step out for 10 minutes and then come back and chat to you after. So, for example, uh, just, just, to, just to set that expectation of this is how I, uh, this is how I am at my best. And uh, that then opens the conversation about with, with, with clients and other people about, um, okay, this is how I, how they're at their best. And then we can find and work together on, on, you know, helping each other to be at our best. It's a really good idea. Really good um, tip. Thank you. Um, Claire, what, what challenges or issues has being an introvert raised for you in your work? The key one that, that came to mind is, is around meetings. Um, and, and particularly, you know, if you, if you're in a forum where you've got particularly dominant people, um, and, and it goes back to the sort of earlier point that people automatically assume that project managers are these these dominant leading from the front kind of people. Um, the, the people who sit back, contemplate and consider um, are sometimes not heard or, you know, they're, they're the sort of wallflower in the room. Um, and I've very much been that person who's been sat in the room with something, well, something I've considered really important or, you know, really value add to say, but I've been too scared to say it. Um, you know, it, it sort of probably goes back to a, a, the classroom environment, you know, where, right, who, who knows the answer to this question and you're scared to put your hand up in case you're wrong. Um, so, you know, I, I was very much sit in the back of a meeting and not say anything just in case I was wrong. Um, and and the other bit is, is, again, in a meeting, when you've got those dominant voices, is being able to get a word in edgeways, because I'm, I'm not a natural shouty person. So I'm, I'm not, you know, a, a table banger. I'm not going to stand up and, and make my point heard, you know, get, get my point across. But equally, I'm not going to sit in a meeting and put my hand up and say, oh, excuse me, do you mind if I talk now? Um, so it's it's sort of getting that balance and and also getting that trust of the people in the room that, no, I'm, I'm here for a reason. You've invited me to this meeting for a reason because I've got something to contribute. And it, it's having that self-confidence to, well, they wouldn't have invited me if they didn't think I had something to contribute. How have you found a way to make yourself heard in meetings? I have two ways of dealing with it. One is is sort of waiting for the gap in conversation. Um, and sometimes that gap just doesn't appear, in which case, you, you know, it, it's a case of physically leaning forward in the meeting. So, you know, if you if you sit, sit, back in your chair and you've got your sort of arms folded in in front of you then you're automatically not as present and at the table as you could be so it's it's very much a right 
I'm leaning forward. I'm going to get the attention of the person. In fact, I'm doing it now. Um, you know, I'm going to get the attention of the, the person who I want to interrupt or who's speaking. Um, the other the other approach I've taken is um, finding a friendly person within the meeting or, you know, knowing who's coming along to the meeting and who's a, a sort of, you know, a, a collaborator. So and having that conversation with them to say, right, OK, you know, what's what's the structure of the meeting? What's the topic? Oh, well, I think I can contribute here, here and here. So if I haven't said anything, then, you know, can you sort of try and get me a, a, a sort of opening? Do you prefer to to kind of have virtual meetings or to do work online? What's your preferred way of communicating? Yeah, so my, my ideal is is probably sort of 80% virtual, 20% face-to-face. Um, I always surprise myself when I have the face-to-face meetings, how much I enjoy them and how much I get out of them. Um, you know, the virtual environment's really good for, you know, that sort of get your head down, start getting things done. Um, but the... The, the face-to-face I always find is quicker to get a consensus and to get an outcome than in a virtual world, um, just because people feel more accountable when they're in the room. You know, it's it's easier it's easier in a virtual environment to say, oh yeah, it's all right, I'll I'll do that after the call, um, and then accidentally on purpose forget about it. Do you find it easier to contribute to a virtual meeting? I'm just thinking about Zoom calls. Yeah, so there's, I guess I use a, a couple of techniques um, depending on, on what platform you're using. There's obviously, you know, the chat function, um, but that relies on somebody actually reading it. Um, you can put virtual hands up. I use that quite a lot. But again, it, it relies on somebody going, oh, you know, Claire's got her hand up. Um, otherwise, as rude as it sounds, I do find it easier to interrupt um, in, you know, in a in a virtual environment. Um, I'm not really sure why. Probably because there's nobody physically turning in the meeting room to stare at you. Um, you know, you can sort of chip in, you know, over over a microphone or even if it's on video. Um, and it, it's not quite as daunting. Natalie, what what kind of issues has it has being an introvert raised for you, and and how have you tried to overcome them? So I think the biggest one for me is sort of that social battery life that Alex spoke about, and it's actually it's been weirdly nice and reassuring to hear somebody else speak about the exact same issue that I have quite regularly. And sometimes I think you can feel a bit almost mugged off in the sense that you use all your social battery at work and then the day finishes and your mates text you and say, oh, should we go to the pub? Should we do this, that? And you're like, actually, no, I can't think of anything worse right now. I just need to sit and recharge and get myself sort of back to back to a sort of a good state of energy right now because I'm exhausted and it's it's a really strange flavor of exhaustion and tiredness that comes when your social battery runs out of juice it's this mental sort of 
frazzledness in your brain and a bit physical too um so that one's huge for me have you ever faked like being more extrovert have you ever tried to uh, tried to hide your kind of natural preference not to be the kind of center of attention or not to be the loud one in the room i think i sort of my my knee-jerk response to that is basically yeah every day and i don't I don't view it as sort of hiding it necessarily, but sometimes you have to put a mask on to get the job done. Alex and, and Claire, have you ever tried to fake being an extrovert? Is that something you felt that you've needed to do? I, I would, I would kind of, you know, maybe step away from the word "faked," right? Because the the, the reason why I say I say that is. Being extrovert is not a fixed state, right? So extroverts, like uh, or introvert, is not being uh, is not a fixed state. Introverts can be assertive. Introvert introverts can be um, the life of a party or whatever other you know uh, label you would like to put to it. We can do it. It just maybe requires for us to you know get there in a different way than. Extra words would. Um, so, so for me, it's not for me. It's not about faking it. For me, it's just mindfully putting myself into position of amplifying those skills that are uh, more natural to extroverts at times when it's required to do so. Thank you, Claire. How about you? Do you push yourself to kind of copy how others are in a meeting or? to try and live up to the expectations that, that others might have of how you need to be in a project team? Um, I guess the short answer is is yes, because some sometimes you just, you know, you have to. And I think, you know, sort of very much echoing Alex's point, I can be extroverted if I want to be, um, but it takes an awful lot of energy. So, you know, my, my natural state is to you know, at a party to sort of find somebody I know and just stand and chat to them quietly in the corner. Um, that doesn't mean that I can't get up on stage and present to, you know, 300 people be because I can. Um, but I, I just, I need to steal myself to, to get there almost, you know, sort of power poses in the bathroom beforehand. Um, and, and then I just need to go and sit in a darkened room for a little bit afterwards just to to do that recharge um yeah it's, it's just it's not my natural state what needs to change about the project profession and the way project teams work in order to allow introverts to thrive because our preference is to engage people in smaller groups or one-to-one -one, that creates a really strong foundations for building trust with stakeholders uh, because trust is built between individuals and i think we are very good at that naturally of kind of creating that that relationship that more more intimate relationship with stakeholders with clients customers uh, and so on um, but i also think that if you're always that person who leads from the front you might not always be aware of what happens behind you 
and you know if you're kind of the person that um you know doesn't need to lead from the front and you 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 maybe have the kind of observation skills to pick up certain things that others may not so you know i think you know we observe and see things understand and kind of digest dynamics understand the dynamics and then can kind of adapt ourselves teams and others to to you know to take advantage of those dynamics what needs to change to allow you to capitalize on your strengths at work what advice or thoughts would you give to other project leaders or project managers about having introverts on their teams and giving them what they need to do the best job they can two things maybe number one you know um even though you know extrovert versus introvert is not part necessarily of the being inclusive organizations discussion right being inclusive organization um you know uh, doesn't does not necessarily limit you to being inclusive to different genders or or neurodiverse people or whoever else it it, it simply means that you are creating environments where no matter what kind of person you are you can be at your best so so you know continuing to invest into that and amplifying that you know will definitely help everyone including introverts the other thing i'll probably say is that for me you know courage which i think you know has been a theme a few people you know all of us brought that out that it requires courage to do certain things and i think courage often is mistaken as something that comes from within someone for me personally there are very few people many many less than we actually think there are that are naturally courageous and can just bring the their whole selves you know into the workplace no matter what the environment i think for the majority of us me included actually courage comes from having a community and a safe space and the support of others so others give us permission to be our whole selves and therefore we are able to be our whole selves and i think that's that's true for the majority of people whether that's that support comes from we don't see it because it comes from family or from friends or whether we see it because it comes from the workplace either either way we create these safe spaces for people to you know make mistakes learn experiment so they learn have the opportunity to learn about how they can be at their best um and that that's incredibly important i think Claire, what, what what strengths do you feel introverts bring to a team and how can they be better supported? I, I guess it's that um, that that diversity. So um, in terms of, you know, if you've got extroverts on the team or you've got, you know, male, females, it's it's having that that balance and that diversity of thought, diversity of, of view. I guess the, the problem you sometimes get is that the introverts don't manage to get their points across and therefore you don't end up with that diversity of thought because you know the introvert isn't isn't putting that point across should it be that the person who's running that meeting be you know knowing of that 
and should therefore invite people they know to be kind of quieter than others to contribute? Would that help? I think I think it's everybody's responsibility, actually. I think I think, you know, we we should all be I guess be able to read the room um and to understand what other people are doing, what their preferences are, you know, what they've got to contribute. Um and you know if if you've got people in a meeting or or in a workshop they're there for a reason um and if they're not there for a reason then they shouldn't be there at all because we've all got better things to be doing um but it's i think it's upon everybody to make sure that everybody else is contributing um and you know it's it's upon me as an introvert to know when I'm being introverted um, but but equally I don't necessarily want somebody to go so Claire what do you have to say on the matter because then it's you know it's everybody head turning to stare at me which you know I will just go nothing thanks um, so it's it's allowing allowing the introvert the, the time to think any advice you would give to sort of project managers or project leaders about how to make introverts feel i guess more comfortable i like preparing i like to know in advance you know what's going to happen what the topics are um you know the the sort of structure of the, of the day or of the meeting i love an agenda um so if I have an agenda and I, I love to know, you know, for, for this podcast, you sent out the questions in advance. That was great because it meant that I you know, had the time to to prepare. Doesn't necessarily you know, mean that I'm getting my point across, but it, it made me feel better coming into this um, having that thinking time. And, and I think it's in that sort of meeting public open environment it's it's not so it's for other people to consider the introverts and and consider well i'm not necessarily going to get a response straight away so i'll let them mull it over and then when they're ready you know even somebody saying oh you know claire can you have a think about this i'll come back to you later that gives me that thinking time but it also allows everybody else to know that I am thinking about it and I'm not just sitting here quietly. Natalie, what, how can project teams better capitalise on the strengths that introverts bring? One of the biggest things that leaders and project managers can do to help introverts is it's going to involve a little bit more time. And that, that's what makes this really difficult because we're all strapped for time. But what I mean by that, it, it's taking the time to really get to know how your team works. And initially that might be having to have a few one-to-ones with people. Sort of start with that default of, well, let's get to know new members of my team. Let's do a one-to-one instead of in a group setting because let's, let's assume that they're most comfortable with a one-to-one. And then if when you talk to them and you understand their ways of working, actually they're happy in a bigger group setting etc then great you can work a bit more efficiently in that way 
and, and also to so particularly when so again in preparation for this I was really reflecting on sort of how I was when I first started my career and actually if somebody asked me at the start what's your preferred ways of working now or how would you describe your ways of working I, I don't know that I really understood that at the start of my career I didn't really know how I liked working and what my preference was I, I knew how I liked working in a lab setting but that's very different to consulting and project management so I think some of it as well as leaders and PMs just really taking the time to be intuitive and help someone on that journey and sort of observe what they think somebody's preferences and um, sort of strengths are and then having that conversation especially if the individual's really early in their career I think that could be really helpful um, and being open to the idea that actually that you, you need to muddle through that together in terms of establishing somebody's pre preferred ways of working and how they thrive. And then what comes hand in hand with that is thinking about sort of constantly considering the format of how you're running your project. So particularly in consulting, your project team can change and grow quite a lot you have members come and go more consultants join be that from your own company other companies etc and that means you're always getting a different balance of you know how people best work what they prefer etc so even just being open and checking in with people regularly saying is this working for us now do, do we think that this format of meeting is getting the best out of everyone is this what everybody prefers or actually shall should we change this what suggestions do people have and being open to refreshing and updating so that ultimately you're getting the best out of each and every person who's part of the team. I hope listeners have will will gather kind of confidence from what you've all contributed and the advice that you've given. It's been absolutely a pleasure to to have bring you all together and to to learn what works and what and what doesn't. So it just leaves me to say thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks again to Alex Constantine, Claire Hornsby and Natalie Talbot for joining us and to you for listening to this episode of the APM podcast. You'll find out more about being an introvert in the project profession in APM's Project Journal's Spring 2023 issue. Don't forget to look out for more episodes or to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd welcome you to get in touch with your comments, feedback and suggestions by emailing us at apmpodcast at thinkpublishing.co.uk. This podcast has been brought to you by APM, the Chartered Body for the Project Profession. For more information on APM, visit apm.org.uk.